Hey listeners, welcome to this episode of the Sunflower Society podcast with Kara, my sister, and myself, Justine. All right, we have a great episode in store for you. Wanted to be sure though, make sure that you listen until the very end. We are working on a special new project we want you to be aware of and we want you to be a part of. So be sure to tune in all the way to the end of the episode because we do talk more about it and we would love for you to be a part of it. All right, enjoy this episode. Hey, sister. Hey, sister. Welcome, listeners, to the Sunflower Society podcast, where we are helping you maximize your gifts and talents and your day-to-day activities to have an impact in the world. Let's get ready to go. Oh, good morning. We're here. Hey, sister. Oh, hey, sister. That was a quick, (laughs) that was a quick transition. (laughs) Well, welcome, listeners. We are... This is episode 46 of the Sunflower Society podcast. I'm Justine. I'm me. I'm Kara. (laughs) And we are recording live. Um, Should we have listeners guess where we're recording from? I don't know how we would hear them, so no. (laughs) No, I mean, once we... I'll stop. I'll wait. Any other teachers, you know what that means in your classroom when you have to give the look and say, I'll wait. We're okay. That was a bad idea. You're right. (laughs) They can't shout back. (laughs) You're here. You're here. (laughs) I meant when we shared the episode, Uh, people could respond via social media in the comments. Okay. We they could still do that. But but we'll tell you. Yeah. (laughs) We're currently Broadcasting from a 1976 Dodge Bama motorhome. Dodge Bama! (laughs) (laughs) Which basically looks like the front third of a Dodge van, like the the creepy old vans, like from the 80s. And then... We had a brown brown one. The rest is a full boxy camper. It's super cool. There's even little hippie flowers on the ceiling. Yeah. We bought it uh, from we, somebody. Not me and Kara, her and her husband. Yeah, we bought it from somebody a uh, couple hours south of us who was a, like had a mother that lives in it on their property or something. They, the, she oh, lived in this. This was their dotty house? Yeah. A dotty house, listeners. is <laughs> a little cultural lesson for you. Um, so if you haven't listened to us before, we're two sisters. Father Puerto Rican, mother Amish and Mennonite background. In the Amish community, they have what's called a Dotty House. Dotty. That sounds like I'm from New York. Oh, We're gonna get our Dotty House in Brooklyn. <laughs> um, no, it's a. It's a. Do you want to explain a Dotty House? Yeah. So many times, like Amish families have acreage and farms and things like that, self-sustaining. And even if they don't, a lot of them still have what's called the Dotty House. So they all live together not necessarily in the same house but like as generations get added to the lineage they will have separate houses around the property for the older generations the the 
grandparents to live on um, separate from like the main house or whatever. So yeah, I guess this could, could function as one. We just use it at festivals and concerts and stuff like that for now. Um, but <laughs> she did also just open it up to me listeners for if I wanted to stay in it when I visit sometime. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I would, I'd prefer to be inside. <laughs> it's nice. I mean, it is, it's peaceful. not bad. We do have but... a coffee maker in here that we've been, we pulled it into the yard recently to make sure it still runs. Cause we didn't go to our normal festival that we normally go to this year. And so we brought Wait, you it up. Pulled, I, okay. Yeah. I was looking around because I thought parts. you were saying you pulled your coffee maker into no, no, the yard no, no. because you were afraid it was going to like <laughs> blow up or something no, when you tried no, to use no, it. No, okay. No. The, the whole RV camper thing. And we had coffee out here last Sunday, so we might do it again tomorrow. I'm not sure. Your whole family or just you and your your hubby? Yeah. Oh, so is he going to get mad that I'm sitting here having coffee? No. He loves it when people come into this camper. He loves the camper. Oh. (laughs) He loves the color brown, though. So So does Daddy. (laughs) So does my man. His favorite colors? Black and brown. (laughs) What? Did you tell him black is not a color? It is a color. It's the absence of all colors. <gasps> wait, what? wait, wait, wait. No, that's a all very... the colors mixed together. White is the absence of all colors. Sorry. Wow. That's a very artistic definition. Like an accurate one. Yeah. Wow. Am I wrong about it, though? I feel like I'm wrong about it. I said it both ways. We'll fact so one check. One of the ways. We'll... It doesn't really matter. We'll but... fact check. Uh, listeners, I'll quote LeVar Burton from Reading Rainbow. Oh, that'd be but you don't have to take our word for it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember him? Of course. I was, I'm still very sad and probably sad about the wrong thing with the situation. I was selected to speak at a conference in Los Angeles in March that got canceled, right? Mm-hmm. COVID-19. Oh yeah, he was going to be there. Like he was going to be the keynote and unfortunately... <laughs> My goal of the conference was to actually meet and get a picture with LeVar Burton. <laughs> you don't I should have been more focused that. on my presentation. Nah, you're good. Okay. I, yeah. As long as you're okay with, yeah. like, I'm getting my approval from you, then. Yeah. <laughs> I co-signed. My goals, my goals were accurate. <laughs> and I was going to look at him and say, I really, really loved your speech, but you don't have to take my word for it. <laughs> biggest finger yeah probably <laughs> okay so we're in a camper um <laughs> in the back of a camper <laughs> and isn't that a no i mean it sounds like the whole um dick in a box a little bit was how you were singing it no that's not like the snl of, parody isn't there a song that's like in the back of a van I don't know. I don't know that song. <laughs> Whatever you're referring to, I'm. I've not heard that one. I'm not familiar with it. Um, well, so we're we're just having a little fun. I get to be in person with Kara, which is always wonderful. We'll call it Studio Seventy Six. Ooh, ooh, yeah, kind of like um, Studio Fifty Four. Yeah, in New York. Yeah, but not. But not. Really yeah, well. that was. Well, based on documentaries, it's not like we were there. But based on documentaries, that was a lot of um, free love and quaaludes. Ooh. That's what it seems you know, like from documentaries, The right? vibe in here could be the same. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> then I probably won't be back. But 
Um, we could probably do a little better with describing what um, Studio 76 is about. <laughs> oh, this has some history. This, this old bug. I'm sure. But you've also had that history with a loving man who you're, oh, who you're yeah. in partnership with. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I'm sure before us, though, there was. Oh, history. yeah. Did you guys like spray down the interior here? So so listeners, just so you have a view again, we're not we're not doing a video recording of this one. If you haven't, you can follow our new ish. <laughs> uh, we haven't had it that long. Haven't done a whole lot of promotion, to be honest, with our newer YouTube channel. But you can definitely follow us there. We're, we're um, Spiritually Strategic Co., the Gonzalez Sisters. Uh, we usually do a video recording of these episodes as well. So if you prefer to like watch, we normally are sipping our coffee and conversing in that way. But all that to say, we're not video recording this one. Um, I have on a tie-dye dress with a flowery kimono over the top of it. It just wasn't a pretty picture this morning. <laughs> well, we kind of, it's Saturday morning as we're recording this, and we kind of just rolled out of bed and got coffee and decided to record an episode. Um, but what we're looking at here is a whole lot of plywood paneling, <laughs> the whole interior of the um, Studio 76, the RV. Um so I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to understand, did you all like spray this down when you purchased it? Like what, I mean, there was what were the cleaning procedures like here? No, it was very, very thorough the very first time it got cleaned. Oh, okay. But since then, I only clean it like right before we use it. Otherwise it kind of sits back towards our woods. Is, is that a band-aid stuck to the wall over there? It's or? very possible. <laughs> no, I think that used to be... <laughs> Used to Did you use a band-aid where the, up a crack no, in it? Or? The or the paper towel roll oh. from it. It must have fallen down at some some point. Okay. Yeah, I mean you got everything you need. You I mean you do. I'm not I'm not knocking it. It's just a lot of brown. A lot of plywood paneling. It's like you're wrapping yourself in a cocoon of turds. Okay. <laughs> I hate the color brown, so that I am knocking it. I actually really like tans, browns, and beiges. On your body, as clothing maybe, but like as a decor? I like a good tan or beige for a wall color. But you also have like other pops of color along with it. Oh yeah, My Pillows. husband would prefer brown carpet. Dark like brown 70s carpet. dark yes. brown? <gasps> and brown oh. paneling in a room. Like oh. I love like a log cabin look with a wood floor and a wood wall you know log wall but there's a difference it's a childhood thing you know like you know what was your it's favorite not room? a childhood thing yeah, when we lived with our room? grand so we lived with our grandparents for a time period it listeners was an 80s thing. they had brown carpet yeah i fondly have memories with them and living in their house but not of their carpet that I would want my whole house to have dark brown 80s and 70s carpet. No, I know. I don't know. That that to me is not. But I Like what? He wants to do snow angels on, on uh -uh. thick dark brown carpet or what? No, I just think it makes him feel like he's at like a lodge or something. Oh, okay. I don't know. Okay. I had a favorite room as a child. What was your favorite room? Um, At our great grandparents' house. The purple room. The purple room. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
They had that the, was awesome. I mean, they had bright green carpet in one room, yep, the sewing room. Yeah, and that's where they had royal that. blue shag carpet in their bedroom. Yep, and then the guest room was like a royal purple shag carpet, yeah. and there was a little dog. Don't that you sat in the corner? A yes, porcelain dog. yeah, porcelain went. Didn't they have a porcelain cat in the sewing room too? I think so. Yeah, and then yeah. yeah. And that's where the sewing machine was. Well, but do you ever wonder, I was actually thinking about this the other day. Why, like, like right now, if we walked into a home and that's how they chose to decorate, it would probably be a little shocking and like, oh, but during that time, what makes things on trend that that was like perfectly acceptable to I put neon green, neon green, purple, and blue carpet, like totally different colors in every room of your home. I'd have to ask. Or was that just our, was that just our grandparents? I'd have to ask Grandma and Grandpa Troyer to see like if Grandma and Grandpa Muller put that there or if it was like that when they bought it and they were just like, oh, it's clean. It's still good. Because they were I could very, see, yeah, like, I could see them being like that. Thrifty people in yeah. a lot of ways, but. I don't know. Mm. Good questions. Yeah, because Grandma and Grandpa Troyer never had that in their... Their home was very, like, well-decorated, I felt like. I mean, for the time, yeah. For the time. Yeah. That's always how it is. I think they're... I don't know. I try What to... would you say your style is of your home? I knew that was coming. <laughs> because you're saying, for the time. I don't know. I would have... I have a lot of work I want to do on the decor of my house to make it more like our family. I think it's, I think it's okay right now, but there are certain elements that I haven't had time to tend to over the years that I really want to focus on in the next, you know, decade or so to make it the next decade, make it more timeless. I want to do a little bit of time because it really overwhelms me to think about doing like doing a whole home interior remodel. Like that's not. Because you have to, you have to be committed to the changes you already made. Well, I didn't really make any though. I sort of, I supported you. Right. But I sort of had to, that was more of an organizational thing though. I sort of, but I feel like you could do the same thing with your living room right now. And it would be much lighter and brighter if you, well, we have a dark living room for my husband. Oh, that's for him. Yeah. 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 With fish and deer on your walls. Yeah. In your living room. Yeah. <laughs> but there are definitely touches that I can do differently and that that I want to do differently over the next Her her husband while. is a a hunter um listeners. Yeah. He hunts. And we so. eat the meat, so don't be offended. He's not a trophy hunter. It's true. You do really live off the meat. I was going to say that he catches, no, no. that he hunts. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't go and run after deer and like pounce on them. No. <laughs> um, okay. Well, so we're here in this 1976 beautiful RV. Our, our banter about decor is over. Do you have any um, favor fails you want to share? We don't have to, but I know we normally do start listeners with a segment called favor fail. And do you have any that, come to mind of something you'd want to share yeah, from sure. the past week that you yeah. tried or did or encountered? I mean, fave is this is my favorite time of year. Mine too. Yeah. Fall's your favorite season? Yeah. 
oh, it's totally mine too. I don't think I knew. I thought spring was your favorite season. I love the warm days that aren't humid and the cool nights. And I like right now, if we look around us, there are colors popping out yeah. and it's just beautiful. I think I've always been drawn to it as well because fall or autumn, whichever you call it, always feels a little melancholy to me. Mm-hmm. And I like... I like the beginning, the, cozy, the September part of it, though. The coziness and the sweaters and transitioning yep. into that. Um, but still that it's plenty nice out to be walking and be outside and enjoy nature still. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah, my fail. My fail for the week would be... Uh, I was trying really hard to find some comedy to enjoy like while still being present to our current situation as a nation um because I think everybody should like it's hard to stay in it but we also need to be vigilant about what's happening and as I was looking at to some of my normal like late night hosts that I usually enjoy um it seems like they are getting very melancholy about what they're sharing and their comedy isn't really like comedy at this point. It's more like a really sad news reporter um, trying to make light of the situation, but there's not really a way to make light of the situation. So that just feels kind of heavier because usually those are the people, the comedians are the ones we can turn to in these times to kind of can point us in a direction of like levity and maybe we can find some good things in the situation. Maybe there's still things to laugh about. And when like across the board, as I'm looking at these people, these hosts, mm-hmm. they're not able to bring that. It's like yeah. concerning to me. So sorry, not to bring the mood down, but <laughs> maybe we should have ended on a fave. How about you no. go to your fail and then your fave? Uh, no, I mean, I already shared my fave with you fall. It's oh, fall, okay. and that's why that's my favorite season. I I don't know. I I guess I haven't really given thought to any fails, um, but I'll I'll use it as a segue into um, a thought I want to explore about time. Um, well, really, it's more about communication etiquette, and we referenced this I know a long time ago in an episode. We touched on it briefly, but I saw like. It's, again, it's a fail, in, I guess, in some people's eyes, but I don't know if I see it as a fail. Like, I was telling Kara earlier that I have a friend who, she added me on a group thread because we're going to have a girl spa day coming up, and I didn't respond for like a week, and literally, my text threads just get buried, right? Because I'm very open when I work with school leaders and different companies and all that to give people my direct line because I don't want to feel inaccessible to people. Um, But the flip side of that is I am an all-in type person. So when I'm spending time with you, I am zoned in on you. If I'm out of school, I'm zoned in on that school that day. And so that also makes me less responsive on platforms, right? Including text messages, including if people leave me voicemails. And sometimes I legit forget because they get buried um, and other texts have piled up and then I miss, you know, I miss it or whatever. So I'm just, I was thinking on that and I sent a response at like 6am this morning when I woke up and I went ahead and just sent it. Cause I figured I don't want to not be responsive to this principal that reached out. However, 
um, you don't always know people's etiquette or what they expect. Um, anyways, so shout out to, uh, Kara and I are starting a book study club, like a book, a book group. I don't really know what to call it. It's not a book club. We're just, we're literally reading a book together. And we have a group of amazing women who they're part of a private Facebook group with us right now. So shout out to Pastor Emily Holiday. But I, I saw one of her tweets this morning and she, she was, she posted about it. And I was like, I literally was just contemplating this an hour ago. And she said, you know, she woke up this morning and she wakes up around 530 or six. And she tweeted, you know, does anybody else run into this issue? Like, I want to respond to people because otherwise I might forget or I get my day started and I, I forget legitimately. But is there social etiquette when it comes to when you should respond. And, you know, one response was, no, that's on the person receiving it. Like if they want to be shut down on the weekends, then shut down your notifications in your phone. Other people feel like it should be a conversation or that you should directly communicate to them. Hey, I'm not available to converse with you on the no, weekends. No, 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 no. What, what are you, when it comes to social etiquette, meaning let's just talk text messages mm -hmm. because there are so many, right? If you're on social media platforms, I don't know. There's some that I just never worry about. And you know, I'm that way, like at a certain point, no messenger or even DMS on Instagram. Those are not going to be my priority over text messages. Right. Um, what's app. I have a close friend who lives internationally. So that's the only way I can contact her. Um, like, you know what I mean? So there's certain platforms that are going to be much more priority for me. Um, the other piece of that mm -hmm. is even as a business owner, I've never put my company email on my phone. Yeah. So the, but, but text messaging, what, what would you say in response to, you know, her tweet? What, what should you do? I don't know that there is an official etiquette, but I do know for boundary purposes and for sanity purposes, I feel inclined strongly to say like, it is up to the person who has the phone in their pocket or on their bedside table <laughs> to turn off their notifications if right. they wanted to go dark for the weekend and not interact with anybody. Or also, I find myself, I don't answer my phone all the time and I often have the ringer off because I don't want to feel pressured to answer it just because it rang. And I'm not always emotionally in the place that I want to be to talk just like I have to start. I have to expend a certain amount of energy with certain people that I talk to on the phone. Right. Right. Emotional energy. Correct. And I know that going into it and I don't know that that's common for everyone. It's common for me. But yeah. <laughs> like I have to know that like, okay, first of all, I'm in a calm, serene space to talk to this person. Um, and I also have to be aware that I have three loud kids running around. Like I'm not going to just usually answer my phone ever. Usually. Uh, unless I have it in my hand and I see that somebody's calling and I want to talk to that person in the moment, I, this might sound really selfish, but it is my boundary. But if I don't want to talk to you, I'm not going to answer my phone. Well, well, yeah. Yeah. Why? So I think it's the same for text messages. So then, so then is it, is it like, I don't ever feel pressure to answer a call. I do because on the flip side of that, there have been people in my life that when I do return the call, when it's convenient 
and for say, for your schedule as a mother of three who works and say yeah. also to them if they don't answer hey call me back when it works well for you because i also realize that i'm i also don't expect people to pick up the phone when i call them. correct same right yeah and i'm fine you know you find in it when you're in step with that your your inner circle of people you trust and love right um and they know you well they know that they don't take it personally right it's and it's not a thing like i, I kind of want to be like sometimes if people do respond a certain way or they're, they just tend to be super responsive literally all the time. It's not my fault that you decided to text me back instantly, even though I took a week to respond. I'm not keeping track typically other than to observe how people interact. I'm not to keep it typically keeping track. To me, it is, it goes back to exactly what you said. It's on that person what they decide, how they decide to internalize that. Because I finally like me and one of my girlfriends who we both do consulting work and we're very, very busy all the time with that. um, We finally were like, we just need to stop getting on the phone and apologizing or saying, I'm so sorry to call you back yesterday. Like, it's not a thing. She's got freaking three kids. She's a consultant. I'm a consultant. Like it's, it's, People have things in their life that and you just don't you, even know. Correct. About. And that's so. the other piece. So if it's not urgent. Right. And if it is, I always tell people, like, if it's urgent, text me or leave me a voicemail and say, and say this is an emergency and I will call you ASAP. Right. And I have, like, once you get into that stride with the people you work most closely with, whether it's professionally or personally that you hang out with. You, you understand that and you have that understanding. However, I guess my next question would be, as I'm reflecting out loud, as we're verbal diarrhea <laughs> um, well, like when, at what point does that also kind of lead to people? I don't know. I don't know if outgrowing each other is the right word. And I'm thinking more about friendships. Mm-hmm. At what point do you say, like, well, this person just, like, we're not on the same page with this. And there's, honestly, in some situations, I think, I don't know if there's a rectifying because neither of you can maybe understand. Like, for, okay, I'll, I'll give an example. Say that somebody has been friends with somebody since high school. Mm-hmm. And maybe you're still friends through your 20s. But one of you... This And this isn't specific to, like, Kara or myself. I'm just making this up. But one of you has chosen a path to, like, stay at home, be with your kids, truly be, like, a stay-at-home mom-type mm-hmm. role, and you have a mm-hmm. partner who works. Mm-hmm. Okay? The other one, they've gotten degrees, or they've run companies, or they're a CEO, might still be a mom with kids, might have a partner who stays at home, might have a, a partner who works, and maybe your kids are really involved in daycare, whatever. But you have acquired a lot more education, you've developed in the professional world, and you've expanded kind of your circle. Whereas this person who's chosen that path of staying at home, they haven't necessarily furthered their education, they're they're probably not getting out into the world as much to interact. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they are, it's going to be probably through the vehicles of like church or other social mm-hmm. type groups. Um, not like, how do you rectify that then? Because 
that's a very different world. If you've been friends with somebody for over a decade and it started out in high school, it's a very different world for a CEO's schedule and how they manage their time as opposed to a stay-at-home mom. Right. Because that was a really long scenario, but I'm putting it out there because I do find like even as divisive as things are right now and the, just the heaviness of the world in general, there's also a very, very little room and almost like compassion for understanding that people in general and if they've been in your life for a while, like people have chosen different paths and have different life experiences right. and that impacts mm -hmm. your communication style. Right. And in really, I mean, and how do you understand, right? You can't really understand those if, if you haven't experienced both or like, I can't understand what it's like to be a stay at home mom. Yeah. I, I'm, that's not who I am. Right. I think at a certain point, you know who you want to or who you desire to communicate with. Because I find myself sometimes avoiding phone calls for a while. And then I'm like, well, okay, I just don't really want to have relationship with this person in the same way anymore. Mm. And that's okay. And then that kind of maybe gradually like. They just kind of fall off. Falls yeah. off you're still, you still have that legacy there and you still have memories and you still have all the good things, but right. sometimes we do outgrow each other and we might come back to each other later on in life. Because I know when uh, my husband and I got married, our lives changed very rapidly from single life to, well, I mean, we were together, but Immediately We're becoming married. spouses and parents. And parents, <laughs> right. So we had a little bit different scenario. And a lot of the people that we ran around with were either in serious relationships or they were still single. But either way, they were still living the same lifestyle that we had been living. But our lifestyle changed because we had a baby at home all Correct. of a sudden. Correct. And you can't just go to the bar with a baby. With a baby. Well, you could. You can. <laughs> people do. I didn't feel at the time that that was my priority at all. I was exhausted and I just didn't have the energy for years to like socially interact that way. Um, not that I didn't want to or want to see those friends or want to have a relationship, but that was how they had relationship with each other to go out in those social situations. So some of those types of friendships kind of fell off because just logistically I was not going to be up till midnight and then have to wake, wake up at 1am right. and breastfeed for right. the rest of the night. Like it just wasn't going to happen. So I say all that to say some of those people though, I have run into years later or we communicate, you know, online or email or text or whatever periodically and that relationship and bond is still strong. It never went away. Those are the people you can pick back up with. But also, it's at a, we're both at different phases now than we were 10 years ago. Maybe right. they have gotten married since and have kids since. Right. And kind of like we can start coming back together in that way and have right. different types of interactions than we used to. So I think there's a natural element of that. And I always used to think like, oh, well, once you have kids, this is like kind of the life you're just going to have. But as I've gotten my my kids are older now a little bit like they're in high school and middle school. Um, so those like the dynamics of my social life are all of a sudden changing within the last couple of years because I'm like, oh, I you actually have more time. can yeah. have more time for myself. And then 
I can also take time with friends if I desire to go out for coffee one evening or a drink one evening or whatever, I actually can do that. And it's fine. Like, cause my kids are busy too with their stuff. Yeah. So they're more independent at a certain point. I feel like it's going to change again when they're out of the house. And then I don't know what from there, but you know, I think, I think we just all have to be flexible and conscientious about the demands we place on people. I try not to place demands on people because I don't want demands placed on me. Right. Right. Yeah. So, and I think too, if it becomes a problem in a particular um, friendship relationship or strategic partnership, right, right. for business, you, you do have to be direct. Yeah. And I found that to work very, very well. And I'm usually upfront with whoever, even when I give my phone, like I might not get back to you right away or on your schedule, but I will get back to you. But the people that know you and value you Correct. also know that you're a hundred percent in when you're with That's them. Right. So, That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Social etiquette. Are there other, well, I think too, Kara, I could see you, you and your husband, but also you, like I could see you traveling a lot when your yeah. kids are out of the house because oh, I, I think you, yeah, that. you've always loved that. You've lived abroad before. And I, I think I could see you doing that a lot. Um, I don't necessarily like, I appreciate the roots that we've put down, but I try not to see anything as permanent anymore, mm -hmm. though. I do love our home and our, you know, where we're located. We have a lot of freedom for our kids, like to be outside and playing. Um, we have animals and things like that. So I love that, but I don't, I'm not going to say in the next 15, 20 years that, you know, our lives are probably not going to be the same. Right. And I realize that's the difference between some I people. I would hope not. Well, but I realize <laughs> yeah. that's a big difference because yeah. some people see this period of time. So I'm in my late thirties. Mm -hmm. It's like, we've arrived. This is it. And this is what we're doing. And I just, I've never had the ability to like, look at that as a permanent fixture. And, and it's points that I've had, like, almost had to, or tried to make myself been miserable thinking that way. Yeah. So, but there are some people that, you know, this is what the American dream is and I've arrived and now I'm going to really work to keep my house really nicely landscaped. I'm going to keep my <laughs> grass mown. I'm going to keep my house clean. And as long as everything looks good from the outside, then, then I'm complete. Then I'm, then I'm, I've met. I the, checked the boxes. I checked the boxes. And I had a stable job. I had 2.5 kids. I had a picket fence. I had a home, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, and that I think uh, there's a lot of people, especially in our generation and the younger generation, they're challenging that. And we're yeah. challenging it with our actions and, and honestly how we live our lives. And, ooh. um, ooh, we get a little wind here, um, <laughs> in the windows. Um, and I think that that's healthy, right? You you don't have to have this status quo. I think I think to live in the moment and to understand what you need to be content and happy and to serve God um, with your gifts, then I, I think that's what life is about. And that, that doesn't mean it's always comfortable. And it also doesn't mean that it's permanent or just staying... And I, like you, right? Like shocker, I've never felt like, like what would be the fun of living and life if I thought that there was this definite and defined end point? Right. Because I think that's 
that's like super, it just sounds super miserable to me to get to a place and feel like, well, yep, 34, 35, 36, 37, 38. Yeah, yeah, we've checked all these boxes before 40. We followed this map of, of how to be doing things traditionally. And um, I just think spiritually in the world, God created us to live here as pieces of the divine. And so, and we're multidimensional, and we're multidimensional. Yeah. And so when we allow ourselves to believe that what we have on the outward appearance is, or material possession wise, cause a house is a material possession. Yeah. Your cars, your job, our material possessions, all of those things say something about your status to the world. And so when we focus so heavily on the meaning of that, it diminishes the actual encounters with God that we can have mm. and minimizes the, the depth of our human experiences. And well, and I think how much we're willing to evolve then. Right. Right. Because then you're not being you're not being, you can say all day, well, I'm very open-minded. I'm very accepting. Well, that's no, because that would be reflective in your actions in how you live your life. It's not about, well, are you open-minded enough to go to this event? No. How are you living your life and making decisions every day so that you continue to evolve as a human being? Because you get one life. It's not a dress rehearsal on earth. Well, and also, what are you chasing around? I, I have a big problem right now with people who say they're chasing God and chasing heaven and chasing love. And really, you've never experienced, like, your life is not a testament to love in certain in certain ways because of things that you say or things that you're doing. Based on what you know Based about whatever what person. Know, yeah. You what are you even measuring it up to? Like, how do you know that you're good right now? And these other people are not (laughs) like, how do you know that you don't like my, why is it necessary for you to be able to categorize people into, Oh, well, I mean, I feel for them, but I have my life over here. Right. How do you know that you're not missing out on, because of a limited way of thinking, like you definitely are. I will just say that because I used to have a very limited way of thinking mm-hmm. and my God experience have experiences have expanded profoundly when I allowed myself to stop believing that this is all there is like, because we don't like, what are we trying to do? We're trying to get to heaven. Well, most of us would say, we don't know what heaven is. Okay. And so if you can't even see a small slice of heaven or whatever your, I try to look for bits of heaven here on earth. I try to look for Mm -hmm. the beautiful things. I have a deep attraction for, uh, nature. I have a deep Mm -hmm. attraction for beautiful art, dance, Mm -hmm. anything to do with abstract ways that God has placed in our path to interact with that bring us pieces of him. That's right. And so when you're not in the mindset of pursuing those things actively, how are you going to say you're going to, you want to be in heaven? Like you don't even know about heaven. And does that bring you, I think the question, right? So if you're listening, you're getting worked up and you're like, no, Kara, you just sound restless, right? Maybe, maybe if you're a listener, I'll play devil's advocate. I'm okay. You all, you all know, you know, I like to play devil's advocate. So if you're a listener and you're thinking, no, she just sounds restless, right? She just sounds like she's not ever content to be one place. And I've had people say that to me. Um, And it was honestly, if you know anything about me, 
I moved to be close or in the neighborhoods where I've served over the years. So much of my adult life, I moved literally every single year. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wanted new experiences and I was hungry for that. But uh, when you, when you think about, when you think about what you said with, wanting to evolve and we're talking about the person who does their landscaping Mm -hmm. or mows their grass, right? Mm -hmm. Who are you to say they're not finding the pieces of joy in heaven and God on earth here on man's earth, Mm -hmm. woman's earth too. Um, (laughs) But who's to say that that isn't connecting you closer to God to do your landscaping and keep it pristine think, every Saturday. It's right. Not, it's for not example, for me to decide because I know there are people like our grandmother who loves cleaning <laughs> and gets great joy and finds peace and solitude in the process and seeing something go from dirty to clean. Mm-hmm. I've heard her describe this to me. I don't have that same relationship with cleaning things. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that to minimize her experience of that. For her, that is something that is sort of spiritual for her because she enjoys bringing that into her life. That yeah. that solace in knowing that she did good work and she sees the product of her work. Right, right. So that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying for people who are at spirit, in spirit, like myself, who are, I do tend to be restless, but I only tend to be at peace when I am restless. And I don't know how to explain that to people. When I'm, when I'm shaking things up and moving things around in my life, that is when I find the greatest joy. That is when I find the greatest peace. And that's just who I am and who God made me to be. But I know there are also a lot of people walking around out there like zombies who aren't really feeling it in their life, who don't really find joy and um, peace. And, and they're sitting in their 2.5 kids home, etc., right. saying... Is this really all there is? Right. Yeah. Because then you are the only one who knows deep inside of you whether or not what I'm saying resonates with you or if you are like our grandmother who is like finds deep contentment in that. And there are a lot of women, I think, who tend to find deep peace and joy in taking care of their family, making sure there's meals on the table, making sure their houses are pristine, making sure that they have a safe environment and that in itself is a purpose. But I will tell you that I was not gifted with that purpose in my own life. Like I have children and I have a family and I think I do a really good job taking care of them. But we also have a, maybe a different kind of family than some other people have. And I'm okay with that. Right. Like I'm not, I'm not saying there's a right and a wrong, but I do know there are people who are not aligned with their purpose and that's where it becomes spiritually impossible and inconceivable that you could see pieces of God without actually pursuing what makes you tick. Or there's not awareness of that, right? Right. There's not enough self-reflection involved to go, do I really feel happy? Right. Um, coming home every night, getting home at five thirty, having the same routine, watching the same team. And I think, I, I think that that does it's influenced by personality. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of factors I think that play into it. And I think that sometimes we use the words comfort and security synonymously and, um, it's, it's it, to me, it's a fascinating thing to hear what 
people think is security and how people make a lot of decisions based on, well, I just want to have security in my paycheck or security in my job. And the truth is when you have the realization and, and different experiences in life, um, and even if you haven't had these experiences uh, where you don't know where your next paycheck is coming from or you don't know how you're going to cover a bill, I think a lot of people, a lot of Americans, if they're really honest with themselves, they can relate to that. Yeah. Um, they might not share that publicly like you or I would, but um, uh, the reality is most Americans probably know what that feels like, even if they're putting on appearances and living in massive credit card debt. Right. To save face, quote Even unquote. Even like think back to your college days, if you're very successful now, you knew it in right. college when you were right. eating ramen. For <laughs> Cupo noodles. <laughs> um, not even the official brand. But still, even when I look back on that, like... Even I think my husband would, would attest to this too. Like, college was some of our best times, but we also had no stability, so to speak, in yep. like our living situation, our money situation. Yeah. None of that was a given. Like, we didn't have financial support from our parents, neither of us, and neither did you. And so, like, yeah, everything was kind of a crapshoot for four to five years. Lots of plasma. Lots of plasma. So, so, but that also (laughs) was one of the best, most growing times of my life. Correct, yeah. And so that is why I think a lot of us can look back to college days as like, yeah, those are are really good times. Well, it's also because you were thrown into the situation where you weren't sure what's going to happen. And for me, that was invigorating and enlightening and exciting. And like, I need my life to kind of like... Yes, That's how I I've need, chosen to live my have, whole adult life I as well. I have dependent <laughs> children, so I need to create yeah. a sense of stability and security and lovingness at our home environment. But also, like, make it very clear this could all be gone tomorrow. Yeah. And that's, I think, that's the lie I think we we do get pulled into of... Um, like if I have friends who that, well, I could never just jump. I could just never jump out and do what you did or blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I didn't do anything special other than actually like, like I, I had to fully trust and not only believe God for the promises, um, but fully trust the creator right. um, that I was not in control because that is a lie to think that you are indispensable. I don't care what your title is. I don't care how long you've been there. If you died tomorrow, they would replace you in probably 48 to 72 hours. And I'm not trying to be grim, but that is the reality of most jobs. There are plenty of people who could take your place in the human world and in the flesh. We're not that special because it's God who qualifies us. It's God's gifts who follows, who follow us. And if we're willing to say I'm sold out, I have no clue how this is going to work out, right? but I do have the faith that I believe and I trust and I'm ready to receive the promises that you've provided for us as humans living this life on earth. And so when you consider that, it, it has nothing to do because that's the reality. If you are a person who you somehow in your mind have trained yourself to believe that this is secure uh, as far as your paycheck, your health care, et cetera. No, there is no guarantee that you couldn't be laid off or lose your job tomorrow. And so I think when you start to have that realization of what, and, and a lot of people, maybe you listen and you're like, no, it is secure. And no, 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 no. Well, it we're not telling you like to quit a job, like, but just know anything in life. But we're also telling you, you can't yeah. quit your job. If yeah, you, go for it. Yeah, sure. Go for it. <laughs> 
Um, I yeah. So that's always uh, it's it's fascinating how I think that goes back to social norms, and you have actually so many industries, multi-billion-dollar industries, they have built. I'm gonna say something a bit radical, probably. It's not well, just it industries. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That. That's true. Um, and I, I'm kind of like it as a compliment now. Yeah. Um, so I like to be outside the box thinker and totally radical. Um, what comes to mind is not only in corporate setting, but in nonprofit world, education, anything that's institutional, ministry, Mm -hmm. churches. So all these industries have actually been built on fear. Multi-billion dollar industries, either fear or a savior complex, right? Like, well, if we can just do it this way and impart this type of thinking, um, but also fear. Um, I think that that's a really big one. I think about the insurance industry. When you think about what insurance is, whether it's health insurance, life insurance, car insurance, home insurance, renter's insurance, I could keep going. Pet insurance. Pet insurance. Seriously, it's a thing. No, I know. Um, <laughs> every type of insurance. It was a big joke at our place. It's of work literally they all built it. on what if something happened? And why is that our mantra and mindset instead of what if I take this leap? And this business takes off. No. And I think. Of, you know what I mean? Yeah, like but why? But it doesn't go the other way for us. We'll put all this money into insurance policies. Thousands. To cover dollars. ourselves right. and secure ourselves. Number one, those companies could tank and go away. Number two, when it comes to the opposite end of the spectrum, why is then it so hard or difficult for human beings where I'm including ourselves in this at times to take that leap and say, ooh, what if, and then a positive thing instead of, well, what if you get in a car crash? What if your house burns down? What if you get robbed? Because those things are going to happen whether we plan for it or not, or don't plan for it, obviously. But I, I like to think of things now like, what's the worst thing that could happen? You know, I don't think of like, this bad thing is going to happen. Give an example. But like, give like what? What do you I think quit, that about? If I quit my job tomorrow, or okay. my husband quit his job tomorrow because of unhappiness or whatever, mm-hmm. what is the worst thing that could happen? Well, we could not have enough money to pay for a certain amount of bills every month. Well, in that case, what would we do? Well, we probably sell some stuff, mm-hmm. or we get rid of you know a car payment or something like that. Well, what if we still didn't have enough? Mm-hmm. Well, then we might have to downsize our house. Would you be okay with living in um, a house that was half as much? Yeah, we would still be a happy family. We could still have a joyous life together. And it might even afford us different opportunities than if we stayed. So trying to think of a way <clears throat> to think about decision making as what's the worst that can happen. For me, it often opens my eyes to the fact that Bad things could happen whether I stay put or I go. Mm-hmm. But the worst thing that I can plan for is really not all that bad in right. the end. Right, right, right. The worst thing that I could plan for is not that bad. I can I can adapt and survive in many different environments, and I've done this in my life, so I do know that Correct. I can. Correct, 
but I allowed myself to be put in a situation that didn't feel safe um, or steady. Quote, unquote, comfortable. Comfortable. Yeah. Right. And and the other flip side, then you ask yourself, okay, well, if that's the absolute worst, what's the best that could happen? Right. And usually I find that when you do the flip, there's also almost inconceivable because you're not at that place in your life. Mm-hmm. But if you can't vision it first and go, what's the best? Well, if I quit my job and sell a bit, if I'm Kara, right, the scenario you just offered and you say, well, the best that could happen is if I quit my job and I sell a New York Times bestselling novel mm-hmm. and then I'm sitting on a beach somewhere writing every day. Right. Wow. Right. And that almost the mind, the mind almost can't conceive it because you're not a multimillionaire. You're not a New York Times bestseller. Yeah, it right. sounds like almost borderline narcissistic of like, yeah. who do you think you are? But then I think there also is that fine line between that's not narcissism when it comes to if you know your gifts and talents and your passions and you know yourself, right. it's not hard to conceive. Right. It's not hard to conceive that about Kara or myself. We know what our writing abilities are. We know what that passion is as well. So not just ability, it's also what you're passionate about and you could do every day and you love it. So when you look at how all those things combine, like I don't think we, we don't do justice to the flip side of the coin of saying, wow, what are the absolute best possibilities? Because even in the mediocre best possibility Mm -hmm. in the same scenario, it'd be cool, I published my first solo book. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. that's pretty amazing. Right. And I, I sometimes we, I think our, we let our insecurities and fears get the better of that. And then we become, it's like paralysis, analysis paralysis, because then we just don't do anything. And we just watch other people do a lot of stuff. And, and we, we compare better, ourselves. And then, and then we're, yeah, it. yeah. And then we're like, well, I could never do that. Oh, what, why is she saying that? Or why is yeah. she doing that? And that's where that cycle happens instead of just what actually brings you pieces of, of what heaven means to you during your time here on earth. I would say a couple things here. If you find yourself as one of those people who looks at people and is like, oh, who does she think she is? Or, right. you know, because they're being successful and they're doing what God has called them to do. Look inward, honey. Because there's something in you that's broken so detrimentally that if you don't fix it, you're going to be living in a constant state of bitterness Mm -hmm. and powerlessness, essentially. Because what I'm doing over here has no impact on what you're doing over there. Trust me. Yeah. (laughs) Unless you want it to. And it will if you're going to be bitter about it. But if you can't bear to look at somebody because they're being successful, there's something you need to look into for yourself. Because you know there's a part of you that isn't being maximized right now. And you're also not listening to what you're supposed to be doing. Number two, or you focus on the little like, well, yeah, I love what you're saying, Kara, but you don't understand my relationship with my husband, right? We, those are still barriers that you've created for yourself. Well, those are still obstacles that you've created essentially. Well, I, I mean, I will say there are some people that I know right now that have some horrific situations going on. I mean, this has been a really hard time. I'm for all of us, but essentially like there are people out there who are in these relationships that their husband feels one way about politics and the mm-hmm. world and they're the woman in the relationship feels a completely different way or their right. partner, whoever. 
Um, and that never had to come to light until we're living in the times that we're living. So I do know and appreciate the struggle there. Thank God that's not something my husband and I are dealing with. But I can see there was a moment in me, <clears throat> you know, a few, like six months ago when all this is happening that I thought, you know, we've never really had these discussions like in our marriage because it was just always like a, we know each other. We know what our hearts are. Right. Right. You didn't need to say any of this out loud. And like kind of during this time, you have to say things out loud, make it known, like just not only for, I mean, it's mostly for your own reassurance, but, um, did it quit recording? Oh, okay, we're back. Sorry, a little glitch. We're back. Cut off in the middle of Kara's uh, explanation. Go on, sister. Uh, so I think I was essentially talking about. Uh, I thought I had it. I asked her, "Do you need me to play back the clip so you can hear exactly what I you were I saying?" Had it and then I lost it because I started reading an article as we. Oh. Uh, well, anyhow, um, I think oh, you were talking about having yeah, to discuss yeah, stuff. they're having there legitimately is differences of opinion yeah. that are emerging that maybe haven't had to be discussed yeah. before. Maybe we didn't talk about it because we were worried about what we're doing with our kids, you know, discipline, dirty or diapers, dirty diapers, or sure. whatever. It just didn't come up because we knew the heart of each other in that season. Um, and thank God that my husband and I are on the same page. He's not nearly as vocal as what I am about things. And I don't, I don't know that he always appreciates me being You're vocal. on the same page in your beliefs. We're on the same page yeah. in our belief. And he, um, we support each other well. What did I just say? We support each other well. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> And compliment each other well, because he's more, he's much more of a steady, I would consider myself kind of a, I'm a very emotional person. So by nature of being an emotional person, I'm, I can be a little flighty to some people. Like, hmm. I think because, and I, it's not intentional, but I think when you. Flighty, like you kind of just go on a whim of what you feel in that moment. Right. Yeah. And to some people that would be very unsteady and right right for me it's just that's who you are but um yeah we complement each other well as the other thing I was going to bring but I know there are people that are struggling right now and not not only in like political realm but religious realm there's a big Mm -hmm. movement in the church there's a shift happening that I think is necessary and I I I honestly hope that we have true revival yeah. In the United States. But I think we are having And it. we're, yeah, but... Um, Not to where it feels good yet, though. It doesn't feel good. We're sitting in a lot of uncomfortable truth right now. So, no, you can't just hop to reconciliation without going with anything, right. without going through the uncomfortable truth. I also heard, um, I think we both listened to it on a podcast that we like called Dirty Rotten Church Kids. Don't all, We don't always agree with everything, but I think that's important to note in the times right now. Like... Sometimes, uh, actually all the time, you shouldn't read articles or listen to podcasts or watch docuseries or whatever with the intent of figuring out what you agree or disagree with in that moment. Learn to think critically and just like be zoned in on actually listening or digesting first what you've read 
and then reflecting on it to actually formulate your own beliefs, your own stance. Don't just always filter through whether you agree or disagree. So that's why I say, no, we don't agree with that. I'm saying that as a disclaimer for us, but that's everybody. And I think, and they do the same disclaimer of they they have guests that they're asking them questions because they struggle to understand their perspective, right? But they had a guest recently and she was just saying how there can be no true connection where there's shame, So anytime you feel ashamed about what you think or what you really believe or who you really are, um, we, I think that that's part of the revival that is, is happening is people are realizing, do people really know who I am? But also, and, and do, are we really connected? Because if you've just put on a front that you have it all together, then no, but also you don't, you're not really connected to what you allow people to have control over in your life, which we can talk about in the corporate world, which we can talk about um, boundary wise with time management, whatever. Mm-hmm. There's a component of if you don't allow yourself the luxury of critically thinking through every belief that you hold and realize also that those beliefs are going to evolve over time into maybe something that doesn't look the same as it does today. Like y- if you allow a belief system to hold power over you and your relationship that you have with God, um, you will never, you will always give more credit to somebody, something that isn't God. Let's just put it that way. It could either be your job. It could be, um, the way you allow people to interact with you and you have, you give them free access to you. Like I don't give, free access of myself to anybody. I'm very Mm -hmm. particular about who I give my time to, who I spend time with. Um, and in, and within those, what I will disclose to people or what I will give them, you know, I, I know that I talk very openly and with a loud mouth on social media about my personal belief in certain things, but you don't often see me sharing about my personal life. Yeah. Exactly. You, you might not notice that because you might think, oh, this is a big mouth girl that just goes around talking about her belief. But also, you know nothing about me right. based on what I put on social media. Right. And I keep it that way. You know about a few, a handful right. of your beliefs. Right. <laughs> and sometimes then we do a really poor job of now processing because we're in the social media world. Um, and we're technically like technologically connected. So we might feel like we know someone, but if you really look at the whole album there, right. you have, but maybe one picture out of an album of 2000 pictures. Right. So that's also really important that you don't just categorize and say, oh, well, she's only about this thing. Oh, he's only on this, right. but maybe that's just what they choose to share. Right. Um, so we, um, we, you heard at the beginning of this episode, we, we referenced a new thing that we're coming out with. We don't have a lot of structure. Um, and usually listeners, if this is your first time listening, I will always do like a little promo or just whatever we are doing at that moment. Um, usually before the start of an episode, not that you have any pressure, but we like to put different things out there because we know that different avenues speak to people in different ways. Um, and it's usually, honestly, any course, any, um, like our ebook, like things like that, uh, 
we're, we're doing it because that's what we are working on, right. <laughs> like personally in ourselves. And we figure there might be other people that want to come along on this. So one of the things that we've currently been working on that we're both really excited about is a series that we're, we know we're going to be releasing it on Patreon. Um, we really don't have a lot of other details about how people are going to submit things. We, we will be sharing it. We'll start to share some more things about it. But we're going to be starting a series called Dear Blabby. So when Kara and I were growing up, we both love to read. Uh, we both love journalism resources as far as different articles and journals and uh, newspapers even. Um, but one of the things that we love to read in the newspaper, I think our I think our parents usually only got the Sunday paper. Well, no, they got they got it every day. I think the Elkhart Truth. Maybe. Yeah, but um, we would. We and I actually and I write a column now for newspaper newspaper, which is like a dream come true. But we were obsessed with Dear Abby. Um, and then you had Abby and Anne. Mm -hmm. They were sisters, right? I don't Ab know if they were. I think Ann Landers and Abby was, or were they related or were that the so. two, were they two separate public I figures? Think, I think they were two separate. For some reason, I thought they were sisters. I think one of them. Do you want to look it died. up? Real quick? Yeah. I think yeah. one of them died. But, but a lot of you might remember there's a popular newspaper column. I think it was in a lot of outlets called Dear Abby. Yeah. Um, and if you. Oh, here. Okay. okay go Pauline ahead. and Esther Friedman, twin sisters and Sioux City natives, are known for their respective columns, Dear Abby and Ask Ann Landers. The twin Yay! sisters married in a joint ceremony. Oh, oh okay. my! It's like our first double date. Okay, I mean, we're not twins, yeah. but you know, see, that's why we were drawn to them. <laughs> oh, that's so divine. Um, so they both had columns. What was it, Dear Abby and Ask Ann Landers? Yeah. yeah. So anyways, we're like, we are blabbermouths sometimes. We know we like to verbal process. And we thought, what if we started a series where, especially when the world is heavy now, people don't have to share their identity. Because if you ever read those columns, or any column There's usually. Like frustrated housewife in Missouri. Correct. Or... People would write in. They would write letters. Mm -hmm. Imagine that. Handwritten mm -hmm. letters mailed out. And Abby and Anne, uh, obviously, maybe they had staffers at some point, but I would like to think otherwise because it wasn't social media world. No. So I'd like to think that their main job was they get to read all these incredible letters and then write back. Like, that's an awesome <laughs> job. But anyways, um, they would write in and exactly what Kara said, it'd be like, um, cold hearted and signed cold hearted in California. <laughs> right. And it would be like, where's your geographic region, which is helpful for us because I try to always tag things that have to do with Chicago, Midwest living, et cetera, because a lot, there are a lot of contextual similarities right. in the U S based on your region. Mm -hmm. Um, in, in general, right? So that's also helpful for people to have context. So we are going to have some structure to it. Anyways, the whole purpose is we have found more and more there is this lack of authenticity. There's still so many bots on so many like social media things that people aren't really asking real questions. And there is still limited access because of quarantine, because of virtual working and learning for students, etc. All that to say, we want to have um, a way for people to ask really, really raw and honest questions. And it could be about something like what we talked about today. Like, 
Dear Blabby, uh, I'm really struggling with understanding how I can get a job outside of the home. Mm -hmm. My husband isn't a fan of it. I've had an evolution in my own thinking, mm -hmm. and I'm scared if I try to set out on my own to start a business or something, I won't be supportive, and maybe my husband will even leave me. I totally just made all that up, but signed, reason, frustrated in Ohio. The reason we want to put it on <laughs> Patreon is because from our personal experience doing the Facebook and Instagram thing, it's really not... It's really not conducive to a non-judgment zone. Yeah. Or authentic conversation. Or authentic conversation. Because yeah. you also have to remember your audience. Um, I try not to censor myself, but certain things, you know, you have to say in certain ways so that you don't alienate half of the people that you're trying to talk to. I don't always do a great job at that. But with Patreon... Um, First of all, we feel like, you know, we're getting to the point where we're doing important work and, you know, we are going to demand a little bit more of, you know, our, I guess we want to try to find our core audience and who values the content that we're putting out. And that's kind of our way of weeding that out. Right. Rather than just having people randomly creep on our content. <laughs> And send DMs randomly and not have it have anything to do with personal development right. or your spiritual walk or right. wanting real answers about things. Right. And that's not appropriate in our no. opinion. No. So um, we are going to be attaching a dollar sign to some of our content in the future. Doesn't mean that we're not going to put out a free podcast um, like we do and also, you know, other free offers here and there. But... Um, we have kind of just by trial and error discovered that if people really value, you know, what you're saying and what you're doing, it does have value and holds value. Absolutely. And we don't want to cultivate a space where people are just allowed into our world without, um, without giving something of themselves in a way, I guess. Well, having skin in the game. Yeah. That's what it is yeah. for us because if you know, if you've ever visited spirituallystrategic.com, um, you will know, like, honestly, we are coming up officially. I guess we've been a company for about a year. Mm -hmm. um, and it's been a year, literally, of just learning and zoning in on and getting clear on even what Kara and I want to do and how we want to grow. And we don't, we're not, personally for us in a major rush to do that what we really want is it's not about right now it's about doing things right according to how God leads us so at the end of the day you can call us smart business women or not it doesn't really matter um, but we know we have a lot of value the other pieces of that if you look more into our histories if you really looked at our resumes or curriculum vitae's we also have numerous certifications and expertise in adult learning, multiple modalities, communications, as well as cultural um, pieces in there. That's just to name a few. Right. So, so we're just claiming our value. Yeah. There we go. Once we tried to <laughs> right. like muddle through, um, and I won't. I won't say any of it was a negative experience whatsoever. But we have kind of learned what resonates with people, um, and also learned there's a whole underground pe people group that doesn't necessarily interact on social media, but they also are finding value because of the 
sheer number of private messages both of us have received Correct. from people. The engagement is shy. I'll say right. the engagement is shy. Right. Because it's really hard stuff and you yeah. don't necessarily want to have, we get, you don't want to have your name attached to liking some Correct. of the things that we're posting. Because right. Because to your friend group, because we know you can see who likes our posts. To your friend group. We that know if you're like, creeping on our oh, stories. <laughs> no, I might look like, oh, she liked so-and-so's post. She must be radical. Right. You know, and and that's not really the environment that we want to cultivate. We want to, we want to truly, like, add value to your life. Right. And if you're not willing to interact in um, a public space like that, there's a reason. And we, we recognize that. So, Well, we'll be putting a lot of not only um, the technical energy and actually giving time and thought and prayer and holding space for the different questions we receive, but we'll also be putting a lot of creative energy into it. Um and that and that we're excited about because we like to get creative. So there's going to be some really cool elements to the different how we how we release this on Patreon. So that's the only details we have. We don't have like a specific date. Um, we don't have. We'll probably put a form on our website. I would imagine um, for you to actually submit. But we will have very clear structure, like we said, and it will really be like a, a dear Abby or Ask Ann style. And we won't. We don't want your name. We right. literally want you to ask the most raw questions, and we will do our best then to formulate our responses and our advising, of course, only based on our lived experiences, which, you know, if you listen, we both have very different life experiences, um, but, but a multitude of experiences. And I fully, (laughs) and I think you will agree with this too. I fully intend to treat this like I would confidentiality in a healthcare situation to where like none of like we will probably create a form that asks for your email address just so that we have some kind of way to communicate back and forth with you and make sure that it's okay to air your question, that kind of thing. But also um, we highly know the value of confidentiality and the growth that can happen when you're not kind of Put out there on blast. We don't. We don't want to. Put well, and you'll be helping other people. Yeah. So sometimes a question that you share could hugely impact somebody else's life. Right. right? So, anyways, we know that the series um, or subscription. We're not even sure what we're going to call it on Patreon, but um, we just know that it will be dear blabby uh, because we wanted to give that nod to something we both love. Um, but we also love to, to talk as you can see from this episode. <laughs> so yeah, we'll, we'll have more details to come. We're super excited about it. Um, any other, uh, for the good of the order thoughts? No. sister. Well, I just, I'm going to post this on my Facebook, but I found a cool article in Vogue that talks about Ruth B- or RBG. RBG. <laughs> Ruth B- Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> Um, it talks about her relationship with her husband, which I love because I think you cannot, you're only, I've always thought this before this article said it, but you're only as, you're only going to fly as high as the person you're with will allow you Mm. in certain ways. So I, I'm going to read this quote to end us up. Um, she said, if she wants children and a job, a woman's life is only as good as the man or woman she marries. Caitlin Moran writes in her new book, More Than a Woman. All too often, women are marrying their glass ceilings. By this metric, one can understand, at least in part, 
uh, why Ginsburg said that meeting Marty was by far the most fortunate thing that ever happened to me. Marty was her husband, and this whole article is about her husband. Mm -hmm. So, very sweet. Anyhow. Well, rest in peace, RBG, the original OG. Um, It's been real. We'll catch you soon, listeners. Thanks for tuning in to the Sunflower Society. Remember to subscribe. Remember to share with some other people or share on your social media if you're finding value or you have some good nuggets and takeaways. We always appreciate your comments. And um, again, thank you, listeners, because a lot of you do personally message us and you have questions or you want to get involved in some way with like our book study group we're doing right now or things of that nature. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, bye sister. Bye sister. Hey listeners. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the sunflower society podcast to learn more about Kara and I and spiritually strategic co our company together. You can visit spirituallystrategic.com And of course, if you found value in this episode, feel free to pass it along to a friend. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform and leave us a review on Apple. All right. We hope that you have a wonderful week.